hello, hello. Welcome to Coaching Life, Coaching Life podcast. Very, very excited today, very happy today because um, when I first thought of doing this podcast to give people an insight, a view into what it's really like out there as a coach behind all the bullshit and photoshopping of the profession that we all see, um, there was one name that came to mind and he's actually my first guest. So I'm very, very happy about that. On the podcast today is with me is Kevin Waldron of Waldron Leadership. And Kevin is a, a business coach, performance coach, does business consultancy as well and leadership training. He's a guy I met, um, it's what, three years ago now, I think, isn't it? Getting that way. And we both went through Steve Chandler's uh, coaching advanced client system school. And Kevin's a fellow Brit, albeit that he's Scottish rather than English. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm saying he's a fellow Brit with gritted teeth. But he now lives in California. You're from southern Scotland, Phil. Southern Scotland, right. Thank you. (laughs) So Kevin, for me, is a pretty straight-talking, uncomplicated guy. You know, um, we connected... Um, like I say, at Steve Chandler's school, he always comes across to me as somebody who listens, but also, or despite his Scottishness, of course, he's a sort of relatively normal human being. Also likes to talk football. I guess you call it soccer now, don't you? <laughs> I do. Come <laughs> <laughs> on. And one thing I realised as we were just chatting about before we started recording is I thought, you know, with you, I know you coach full time. And yeah, I don't really know what you're up to. And that's kind of appealing because um, this is exactly the kind of person I want to speak to on this podcast. Somebody who's not just simply portraying what they're doing, but somebody who's just chuffing getting on with it out there. And as you know, I want to really help people get a get a view of what it is really like for people like you who are just getting on with it. Um, so... Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be Thank with you. you. Thank you. So, can you tell us a bit, you know, a bit about yourself and what, um, yeah, how you got into the profession of, of, of coaching? How did I get into coaching? Um, so, I, I'll try and give you the short version so we <laughs> don't bore the pants off of everybody. Um, in a nutshell, I came to the states in 1985. Um, I worked for a couple of years for somebody, and then I. I started a disaster restoration company, and a, so that's a, a, a business that when buildings get damaged by fire or floods, um, we would go in and we would do all the restoration and do all the reconstruction to put it back together. So I built that up from nothing in, in sales to $24 million a year in sales over 17 years. Um, I had... 200 plus employees, I had five offices, um, and then I sold it to a national chain uh, probably about, about 11 years ago now. Um, so I didn't, I, I came to I came to coaching from being a business person. That's how, that's how I came to coaching. Um, and to keep it super short, I had, once I sold it, I did some, you know, real estate development stuff and did some travel and, you know, all the stuff you do when you sell your business. <laughs> um, but then I, I tried a couple of ventures that didn't really light me up you know you can make some money at them and kind of punch the boot but nothing really nothing really lit me up and then I had a buddy of mine on the east coast of America 
that essentially said, um, you know, you've been where I want to take my business. Will, will, will you coach me? Um, so I thought, yeah, I really respected them. So I jumped in and I, and I helped them. And then I just figured that I, I got really clear again about what I loved about business, which was having people be able to um, having people be able to do things that they didn't think that they could do. Mm. That that lit me up. That that was a that was a blast. Um, so when I helped Robert and, I, and then I helped a couple of other guys, and I thought, you know what, I'm actually, you know, I'm going to take this one. I'm, I'm going to make turn this into a game, um, and I'm going to turn that into a profession. So that's how I came to coaching. If that helps you. Yeah. So I suppose the obvious question that occurs to me initially is, so how much help has it been for you then in? Um, having had that business that you subsequently sold, was that like a leg up for you? Um, because I, I guess what I'm also curious about and what our listeners will be curious about is it's, it's, it is kind of that recurring question that coaches ask that I see you know, out there asking, well, where do I, where are my clients coming from? Are the two related in any way? How has, how how is, you know, having that business and then selling it helped you create a coaching practice? Well, that's really interesting, Phil, because it, it was a leg up and, and it was a leg down. Um, I've never thought about it like that before until you just said that. The leg up was obviously coming from a business background. You knew what it took. I, I knew what it took to create value with people. So one-on-one conversations, um, you know, finding out what the other person needs, you know, not selling anybody anything. Um, but the only thing is when I came to coach and when I decided to make it a profession, because I'd built a business that had five offices and I got it about scaling up, I thought I could, once I decided to become a real coach, a professional coach, it was like, oh, I'm going to scale this thing up. Well, how do you do that? Well, let's go on the internet and we'll figure out how to do it on the internet. Um, and it was a disaster for me. I mean, I didn't, I didn't end up doing anything, thankfully, but I tied myself in knots for about a year trying to figure out all right, what is everybody else doing that's been successful as a coach? And you talked about posturing. It seemed like everybody was on the web. Everybody was, there's a self-promotion as an expert or, or whatever. And I'm very confident in who I am and what I do. But I'm not confident in, it's not that I'm not confident. Um, I have an aversion to that shameless self-promotion. Right. You know, that trying to, I don't even know what they call it in the UK anymore, but kind of like bigging yourself up, yeah. right? Like the the, 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 the photograph of the, the arms crossed and the serious look and I'm the expert and you're all a bunch of dummies and you should just pay <laughs> me the guru or the money because I have all the answers. Um, you know, and for about a year, did all, my, did all my research and it was a disaster. I ended up, you know, not doing anything, wasted a bunch of time and money. And that's how you and I came to meet at the Chandler School. Right. And as far as I'm concerned, if you want to learn the business of coaching, um, there isn't anybody better than Chandler. Right. Um, his advanced client system school for me was um, I probably learned a few things that I didn't know, but I'd say 80% of that school for me was just confirming who I already was, what I knew, what my strengths were, what my skill sets were, and to be able to trust who I was and how I wanted to operate. Um, so that's what I got at Chandler School. 
yeah beautiful i feel i feel the same you know there's definitely there's sort of two camps out there that you see there is the camp that's all about um who you need to be as the coach um you know you need to be in the you know the top x percent of coaches and if you're not come and join my program and i'll mm-hmm. and and you can you can struggle how to live into that person or there is this other camp where the focus really is entirely on how can you be of service to the client and even the name of steve's school gives that away of course advanced client systems because yeah. it was just wonderful really to realize in the time there yeah we we already we already have what we need just go and serve just go and serve people. And yeah, and if you and the, and the other thing is, is if you don't have what you need, go I de- clearly identify that skill set that you don't have and go get it. Yeah. But you know, praying to the crystals on the mountaintop or, or <laughs> you know whatever, like no, go get some real life skills that you're gonna need to be able to serve people. Yeah, cool. Where do you find clients, or or indeed, how do they how do they find you? Um. 99% is referral. Yeah. Right? It's, it's you know, I'm lucky enough now or fortunate enough that um, we said we talk honestly on this podcast, mm. so whatever, whatever I share is what it is, whether you like it or don't like it. Um, my average client stays for 2.7 years. That's been my, my track record. So I don't necessarily need to go. I'm not trying to bring people in every single week or every single month. Um, you work for somebody for let's say 2.7 years and you do a really good job and their businesses change or their lives change they tend to tell people about it um, yeah. which is really nice so I'm, I'm fortunate enough that a lot of people come to me but I still find people in the weirdest places I mean I find people in you know, coffee shops at the store baseball games it's like you know and I'm not out there trolling for clients um, I'm just being who I am and you tend to meet interesting people like that when you're when you're just being who you are does that make sense yeah it does I know it's also an answer I think that a lot of us don't really want to hear like that there is some magic bullet perhaps you can go and find clients and I'm in I've been in the game a long time too and I mean I'm finding as well there's an increasing number of people come to me via referrals and that um you know, I, I think one thing that again that Steve teaches is, you know, if you stay on the road and keep going, things do grow organically. Always be planting those seeds and what have you. Um, so, who 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 are they? Who are who are your you know, what sort of people are working with you? So I, you know, you can figure out whether you want to zero in on a niche. You can have it be really broad. I think if you're a life coach, well, then you know anybody that has a pulse and that wants to of something different in their life as a potential client. Um, for me, I like coaching business owners and CEOs. Mm. That's my thing. Yeah. Uh, so it tends to be, if you were talking about a narrow focus, most of my clients tend to be business owners that have, they're somewhere between $2 million a year and $200 million a year in size. Um, so they've already had a business for a little while, they're up and running, and they're trying to take that jump to the next level that's that's my ideal client um yeah so and in terms of i I like to say i'm industry agnostic so i mean i I have clients in construction uh medical telecommunications and retail i mean i'm you know lawyer groups 
I'm all over the place, which makes it fun for me. Right. And I'm also curious, what's that like really to, I, you know, I, I've not had any clients for over two and a half years. I've worked here for over two and a half years. That's, um, yeah, that feels like a long time, you know, to be working with somebody. I'm just wondering really what, what, whether there's anything you can say about that. What's that like? What is, is there, so I know like, for example, even my experience of working with people for say six months to a year, there is mm-hmm. like this initial, whoa, there's like this euphor- euphoria where we're diving in. And I've noticed with some people there might then be a bit of a plateau and then we pick up again. I wonder mm-hmm. if there's anything you can talk to, talk to about that. Well, I think it's the same thing. It's just an extension of the one year to 2.7. So there's euphoria at the beginning. They get some quick wins. You know, their, their world changes. Um, they've got different results. And then you said the magic word. They get to that next plateau and then they want a bigger experience of life. Right. Uh, and sometimes for my clients, you know, they, they come in and it's about, you know, they need more sales and they need more profit. But very quickly, uh, and I say this to, I don't take clients on if they don't do this, but I coach the whole entrepreneur. So it's not just about making money or, or producing sales. How is your whole life working? You know, because who gives a crap if you're making 20 million a year, but your kids don't like you because you're never home. Right? So... For most of the clients that stay, it's because they want that. There's always new horizons. There's always take, they're always taking new stuff on. Um, and for me, the way that I operate, and it's different for maybe some coaches, um, one retail client that I have, um, when she came to see me, she was an unusual client because up until that point, she'd never even read a book. She'd been in business for 25 years, and she just totally winged it. Um, and that sort of unconscious competence where she was really good at what she did and built a great company um, but one was kind of pissed off was being held hostage by her staff wasn't really having a good experience of running her company so she wanted to take it she wanted to take it to the next level she wanted a new experience so I've been working with her for about a year and a half now and you know talk about waking up the tiger um, you know she's like <laughs> She's a year and a half into this thing and she's just, you know, seeing new horizons and wanting to take on new challenges. You know, she's just, she's lit up like a Christmas tree. Um, and it's it's almost, it's not difficult, but it's hard just to keep up with her. And, and it's, you know, that's a ton of fun for me. So if you, if you reflect on that, is there anything you can tell us about how you can see you've perhaps changed as a coach over the last few years? This is probably a dumb answer. I don't think I have changed much as a coach. I really don't. Um, and and t- do you mean in terms of how I deliver my work? Or well, you- I, I, I guess I'm coming from like my own insight. If you were to ask me that, it would be I've just stopped trying to even be a coach. Oh, good. Okay, yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> so again, you know, going to the Chandler School and having that experience, it was like, oh yeah, I don't need to be. You know, there's a lot of other coaches I admire. I really admire Chandler. I, I, you know, I admire Hardison. Um, um, I love Dushan Dukic, straight line leadership. Um, I, I look to my coach. Um, I mean, that's the other thing. I had the same business coach as when I was growing my company. I had the same coach for 17 years solid. Wow. Wow. So not even 2.7, 17 years solid having the same coach. Um, and I did that for one reason. It wasn't because we became attached and we became friends. Um, there was always a gap there. Um, I had a coach for 17 years because it worked, because mm-hmm. I liked the results I was getting. Um, so 
completely lost track of what I was what I was saying. I was just wondering, yeah, how, whether you could see how you might have changed. Oh, so that's what it was. So how I've changed is just looking at all those other coaches and realizing that they're them, and I admire bits and pieces about them. But I'm me, and I'm really good at what I do, mm-hmm. right? And I just settle into that, and I just show up and I help people, and when the focus is off of me, and like I think you used the word try there, when I'm not trying to be somebody, yeah. then I'm just me. Then I can show up and I can be of service. Anytime, and I do this, we all do it. I don't care who you are. Anytime there's any even a, a veneer of me trying to be an expert or whatever, <laughs> it doesn't go well. <laughs> One, because I'm not that smart. Um, and two, you know, people can smell it, you know, when you're trying to posture. It's just, yeah. it's the worst thing you can do. You might get veneered clients as well, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, right. Yeah, you tend to not attract um, good people. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So what what do your, um, yeah, what do your services and, and packages look like? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I can tell you where they're at currently. Um, they're probably going to go up by the end of the year. So I, I don't do any sport coaching or any hourly stuff. So it's all either a six-month or, or a 12-month agreement. Um, right now in the US, uh, for clients that are $2 million and above, um, it's either $48,000 for the year um, or $26,000 for six months. Yeah. Uh, and that's paid upfront, no refunds. Wonderful. Yeah. Feels good to say that. <laughs> <to. laughs> and I just want to say something about that. If you're listening to this, because again, the only reason I agreed to do this podcast with Phil and I told them that was I wanted it to be useful um, like it is in the trenches the thing about fees as our services or whatever, especially fees it's all made up right? there's no reason that I should be charging 48,000 versus 75,000 versus 25,000 you, you make it up right? You, you decide what it is that would be interesting for you and then that's what you rock with yeah? Yeah, again absolutely absolutely I comment on that really around fees that I just realised is I think we're all so easy for us to get up in our heads about it but the client will, will pay the fee if he believes there's value in, in doing so that's it's a, as simple that's as that there is no there's not one client pays me $48,000 because I'm cute or I talk funny <laughs> right they pay me $48,000 because they sense that they're going to get value in working with me. That's it. Nobody pays for me. Yeah. So any of you coaches that they're thinking that you're, um, you know, that you have to posture or you have to pretend that you're bigger than you are, you just you really don't have to do that because clients don't care about that. They clear about, they get clear about, um, I saw this thing the other day though that I really loved. It had nothing to do with coaching. It was a friend of mine that was at a tech conference and she was, sort of live tweeting stuff back or whatever and it was about products and it was about as an entrepreneur what do your customers use your product for can you explain that properly mm-hmm. and I thought that's so germane to coaching you know it's like so you just ask clients what are you going to use the coaching for so if you're going to work with me for six months what will you use it for what will you produce what will you have be different in life as a result of working with me. And if you go there, you can actually just take yourself out of the equation as you should be doing and getting right over in the client's world. Yeah, I love that. That's gold, actually, Kevin. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's almost like the fee is nothing, none, none of our business, really. No, it's not. Yeah. 
That's a yeah. great way to put it. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. So I'm wondering, and I, you know, call this post, this podcast, coaching life. What is life like? How would you describe? How would you describe your your coaching life? My coaching life? You mean like a, like a routine? It's a pretty generic no. question, isn't it? I'm just wondering, well, what's life like for you? Because you know, um, clearly, you're not just sitting at home on Facebook all day. So, oh uh, yeah. yeah, what's it? What's it like? Was it like? So, I, I because I'm a business coach, um, I use an office which is two minutes from my house. Um, it's good for me. I mean, I know it's extra money, but it's um, it's well worth the cost because it gets me out of the house and it has somewhere nice for business clients to come to. Um, but I, I do I do all three. So I have clients, local clients in the Bay Area will come and San Francisco Bay Area will come and see me at my office, which is great for them because it gets them out of their um, the routine or, or in their in their building, um, so clients come see me here. I also do Zoom or conference coaching, like Skype or Zoom, um, and then I do telephone coaching. Um, I tend to do. I only work four days a week. I take Fridays off, mm-hmm. um, and Fridays kind of like my catch up day. That's my le- I call it my learning day. So that's you know I do all my reading and watching and you know again that's that's the best part of being a coach. I tell you what. One of the best parts about being a coach is um, at least a couple of times a day in sessions with clients, I just have this thought that occurs to me that I can't believe I'm getting paid to do this, yeah. right? Because yeah. I'm I'm learning as much as I'm, I'm coaching. I mean, it's yeah. fascinating to find out what people are up to and what makes them tick and, you know, how people create results and how they get in their own way. And, yeah, so it's, yeah. So I tend to do... Um, I don't do the everybody coaches different for me I can't get any real solid work done in less than two hours so every single one of my my client sessions are at least two to two and a half hours long Um, and sometimes it's kind of like landing the plane in the last five minutes sometimes we can go round and round (laughs) you know two hours and 25 minutes in the last five minutes it goes clunk you know, and then yeah. they walk out with their with their assignments for the next couple of weeks, and 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 again, I am so not attached to how the session goes. You know, like I don't, because sometimes they walk out of here, you know, skipping and jumping, and oh, that was the best session we've ever had, and then they don't do <laughs> shit for the next two weeks. Um, and other times, I can tell they want to punch me on the way out um, because we've poked at something that that's confronting. And then they come back, and the, the 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 preceding two weeks is the best two weeks they've ever had in terms of you know performance and results. Yeah, I totally, I totally relate to that, and that's certainly one of the real benefits of working with people over a prolonged period of time, because you know it's 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 a relationship, it's a longer a longer game. You know, I, I mirror exactly what you've just said as well. There are times when I love I love the landing the plane analogy. By the way, I'm going to use so going to use that. <laughs> Um, How about it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or you know, even at the end of the session, it's just like, eh, not much really happened there, you know. And, and, and yeah, lo and behold, a couple of weeks later, we talk, and it's like, well, you know what? <laughs> yeah. And something, some, something, something's occurred, which is cool. Yeah. I wonder, um, you, you talk about, you, you know, you've had your own coach that you worked with for 17 years. Amazing. Mm-hmm. What kind of a of a client are you then? 
Well, that's a good question. Um, the one word that would come to mind would be willing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's humbling, and I mean humbling in the best sense of the word, not humiliation. It's humbling to not know the answers. Or not, it's not that you don't know the answers, but to appear to not know the answers and to go to somebody else and go, this is what I'm trying to get done. I have no idea what the hell's going on. My head is up my arse, um, but this is where I want to go. Can you see something that I can't see? And and it, it can only be with somebody with a trust, though. So I've got certain, you know, I've got probably four coaches total for different things. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to be with somebody that I, that I trust. But when I trust somebody and I get that they're in my corner, um, I'm very willing to do the work. Yeah. 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 Cool. That's, and that's, I think that also can tell us a lot about your coaching as well. Being willing. Being willing. It's like, and sometimes it's being willing to be willing. If that (laughs) makes sense. (laughs) Like sometimes I don't want to. Um, I had a client last week that, that, um, came to a workshop I did and, and you know I'd invited him a couple of times and I knew he would get a lot of benefit out of it and he said when he came he d- he didn't respond to the first email because he knew what it would involve if him and I worked together uh, and what he was saying was when he walked through the door he knew it was going to be game on there was going to be some stuff that we had to confront for him to move forward and I just applauded him for his willingness. I said, I really applaud your courage to to walk through that door because you knew what was going to be on the other side of it. You knew we weren't just going to, you know, we weren't just having a cup of tea and, and finger sandwiches. We were going to get some work done. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I'm the same way. Yeah, and I, I like to draw out the distinction really between being ready and simply being willing. You know, oh, wh- what's the difference for you? Well, for me, we can wait. We can, to me, being ready often will put prerequisites in place oh, okay. that, that, that never get met. Yeah. So to me, uh, readiness is kind of like, being ready is like a mirage, really. You know, sometimes it's a mirage. Sometimes you never really get there. Yeah, that's but, beautiful. But, but what's, what's, to me, what makes a difference is just simply being willing, because that's just down to me. It doesn't matter about anything outside. It doesn't matter about any of those prerequisites. Am I willing? Am I willing to pick up the phone? Am I willing to walk into the office? Am I willing to share this in a conversation? It doesn't matter whether I'm ready or not. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, cool. So I want to just come back one, one moment because to new clients. Do you say, I, I, I'm, I'm interested really, what, what happens next? Somebody comes to you, you know, Jock McSporran comes to you and, <laughs> and says, hey, hey, Kevin, you know, um, Joe Bloggs um, recommended that I get in contact with you. What, what happens there? That's, for me, I nailed this down after going to Chandler School, but you have to have a system. Right? And it can be a very loose system. It doesn't have to be complicated. But I have a very specific intake process. So usually it's just a quick phone call um, to find out what that person's up to. Right? So what are you up to? What are you trying to get done? Um, and then they'll tell me. And my sort of little 
tagline is for for me. This is my tagline for me, kind of like my three to remember when people call me. Is I want to be doing interesting work, and that means interesting for me. Yeah. Um, that adds value with people that I like. So that's kind of like my that's my scan system. So if you come to me and you tell me, um, oh, I want to increase my sales by six point two percent next year. Um, I'm not the guy you want to be talking to because that was bore the shit out of me. Um, you know, but if you come and you're like, I want to figure out how I can double my business or have a you know larger experience of running my company, then I'm I'm up for that. So interesting work um, that I can add value. So if I can't add value, um, somebody came to me um, two weeks ago with a big sort of heavy duty consulting project, and it was very specific to financial services which I don't really know much about and I didn't really think I could add value so that was a quick you know I could parry that one away right on a telephone call and then with people that I like as you know if I'm going to spend six months to a year with you um, I better actually enjoy your company yeah absolutely yeah it, it's just so important <laughs> and you know it's not that you have to be you know five foot eleven you know good looking and buff shape or I mean, it's not that kind of deal but it's just um, you know, are we going to have some fun together? Are, are, are you willing to do the work? Um, so that's a long-winded answer to, there's my three scan. Once I did that quick telephone call, then if I can uh, sense that we might be a fit, um, I'll invite them into a conversation. And, I'll, and sometimes people will be asking, well, can you tell me what you do and how does it work and blah, blah, blah. And I say, well, it's actually easier if I just show you what I do. So... I don't even know if you need coaching. You think you need coaching, but why don't we sit down for a couple of hours? I'll set aside some time um, and bring me one thing that it is that you're really up to, and let's see if we can get some light on that over the next two hours, um, and maybe you can walk out here. Maybe you don't even need to be coached. Um, and I think that's just a super simple way to get started. I love the simplicity of that. You see that around a lot, people struggling with that question when they're asked, what do you do? And I love your simple answer. Well, let me show you. And i got to tell you, so just for anybody listening, if you catch me in the coffee shop of Garda or whatever and somebody says, what do you do? I still have that, oh, shit, what do I do? How, how, what do I tell them I am? I'm a coach, I'm a business star. Like, it, it, so I don't have this elevator pitch answer. You know, it's pretty organic and it, it changes from, from yeah. conversation to conversation. You can't really speak what occurs in that moment. But like I say, I love the simplicity of that. And I, I don't know anybody who has actually hired a coach in an elevator in any case. So yeah, right. Yeah, so you don't even need an elevator pitch. Yeah. It's high-level marketing, right? <laughs> I'm wondering whether there's anything, you know, like what's your perhaps your strangest moment or embarrassing, you know, make it a bit more real for us here, Kevin. You know, a, a screw up. Um, is there anything in that regard you could share with us? Boy, every day is strange, embarrassing. Have I ever done anything embarrassing? Um, Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'll be candid. Nothing comes to mind. I'll tell you what's embarrassing was just being in, being in a room, and when I get gone, I get so passionate and so, you know, I know we're supposed to be deep coaches that sit back and listen or whatever. I think that's horseshit. I think there's a certain amount of listening goes on in, in a coaching session or a coaching conversation. Um, 
but people aren't there just to be listened to and that's a huge part of it so it's probably 80% of it but for me 20% of it is really people want some nudges and they want some direction so I'm kind of like a bloodhound if somebody tells me you know we're in the middle of a session and it's like I, I kind of stumble upon or they stumble upon something that's important um I can get really revved up and, you know, I can see the spit flying sometimes <laughs> out of my mouth as I'm talking because I'm so, I'm so into what I'm doing. So in terms of embarrassing body behaviours, that's probably one right now. I love that. I love that as well. I'm, I'm one for there being no rules, really. Be un, undefined. As a, as a coach, I think our, our, the only thing we need to do is to be able to help our clients. There, there, exactly. There are no rules. I mean, if you're, really, if you're not into posturing and you really want to help people, um, you, you meet people where they're at. I don't have any problem doing that whatsoever. I mean, you can come in here and be a complete mess with your finances or your business or whatever. That doesn't bother me in the slightest. Why it doesn't bother me in the slightest because I've been in the exact same place. Yeah. Right? So anything that somebody's walked in with here, uh, walked in here with, is usually something that I've already personally experienced. But once you walk in, I don't give a shit. We we go. I go wherever I need to go to be able to make a difference. Sometimes it's, you know, telling jokes or using silly analogies or stories or, or whatever. I just I don't care. Whatever it is, to get that person on, on the road to where they want to be. Yeah, love that. Thank you. Hmm. I wonder if you could just reflect then on how you see the profession. I know that you know we spoke. We've spoke previously a little bit about this. That and, and and you've already said and that you, you see there are people around that you admire. So, what would you describe really as perhaps the blessings and the curses in the profession currently? Well, let me say. Can I say something a little bit about the profession first? Yeah, it's good. Um, so, I don't tend to hang out with a lot of coaches. I mean, I have coaches that are friends and coming out of Chandler, you know, people like yourself. Um, you know, Cal Davis, Jason, a couple others, um, Doug McGee, um, you know, John Wittry, yeah. have close connections with. But those are people that you've kind of, you've been in the trenches with and you know their stories, you don't get the, the varnish stuff. So when we talk <laughs> about the profession, it's like, I almost couldn't give a shit about the profession. Um, I'm too busy getting on with it. Right, and that's part of the problem with the coaching profession for me is, um, there's, and I don't want to dissuade anybody on this call from being a coach, far from it, um, but it's one of the easiest professions to get into. Um, and I know I'm going to disparage a huge swath of people here, but it's kind of like real estate in America. Um, and I don't know what being a realtor's like in the UK, but being a realtor here, um, it's kind of like the it's such a low barrier for entry anybody can do it like you can go take a test and do a training be a realtor in three weeks and 90% of them don't make it eventually because they're just not any good at their jobs um, and I've actually got a client that makes over a million dollars a year as a realtor and she's fantastic and she's fantastic because she gives a shit and she's really good at her job right she really advocates for her clients and She's a great negotiator and she follows up and she's diligent. And the way that she does, the way that she's a realtor, um, I wish more people would look at that in the coaching profession. So there's too much posturing, like you use the word Photoshopping. Yeah. Um, 
it's like we're all trying to convince each other how brilliant we are. <laughs> um, you know, when we could just be talking to people. Um, and what, the thing about, I think people get attracted into coaching because of the lifestyle, right? Like they've seen it. It's like, well, yeah, we've seen it on TV. Um, or we've heard that Hardison charges $150,000 a year and we go, oh, that sounds good to us. Um, but you don't see the amount of work that that man had to put in to be able to charge those kinds of fees, yeah. right? He didn't go get, you know, he didn't get his coaching certificate out of a lucky bag, <laughs> right? He, he actually, he, he's good at what he does. So one thing for me would be if, if you are a coach, um, do whatever it takes to be really, really good at what you do. Just don't be out there putting fees out there and, and not being able to deliver value. Um, and if you're listening to that and thinking, oh, yeah, what an ass, that's not very inspiring. Um, well, it's reality, right? If you're going to charge fees, you have to be able to deliver value. Okay, I'm going on a rant now. Really? No, I love it. This is exactly this is exactly what I'd, the sort of thing I wanted to hear from you. Yeah, for sure. And it's... Again, I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you. That's not my intention to get people on here that I just agree with, by the way. I'm sure that won't always be the case. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I've, you know, fell in a number of traps, perhaps, and just, like, focusing on things other than, and as Michael Neal describes it, make really good coffee. I love that. I love oh, that yeah, analogy. Yeah. If yeah. you just really focus on making good coffee, it's almost like everything will take care of itself. I mean, yeah, sure, there are, you know, plenty of business things to learn around that. Um, but in agreeing with, in, in agreeing with you, look, I, I was speaking to somebody just last week um, who also relates to just just being you as well not trying to be somebody else because perhaps when it got to like the proposal piece she was holding back her own excitement around oh, wanting okay. to work with somebody yeah. and, and I don't sometimes you know um, recently there was somebody and I was just uh, just allowed like the school ball excitement school boy excitement to come out about working with this person is that professional I don't give a shit I mean it was just it was real it was real, yeah. And um, he shared it too because because it's great connection, and yeah, we're we're doing good stuff together. So it didn't really matter that um, you know perhaps the proposal piece wasn't ultra professional. Doing air quotes, if you like. Mm. Um, what matters, as you said, is are you of service, of use, and of value to the client. It's like the, the, the other stuff is, is so much less relevant than that. And I love what you said that because the other stuff is less relevant than that. Um, everybody markets differently. Um, like I already told you how I get my clients. Um, you, can do, you can be on Facebook, you can do whatever, but the one thing would just be to find out how to be in conversations with people the one thing i got from chandler that just always stuck out was stop doing 10 foot pole marketing activities <laughs> right and it, when he said that i was like oh god that was me in the first year right like trying to figure out how to scale on the internet when really my value was just being out there helping people right that's it that that was that was my calling card so where's the profession gone if you're a coach 
it's, it's almost heretical, but stay away from other coaches. Like, you don't want to catch what you <laughs> Because right? if whoever made that statistic up that said you know eighty seven percent of coaches make um, twenty five thousand dollars a year or less or whatever that thing is, well if that's the case, stay away from those freaking people. You got nothing to learn from them, yeah. right? Find yeah. the people that are doing something that you want to be doing um, and, and learn from them. And all of those ones, I think, will tell you that um, it's coaching can be incredibly rewarding and it's hard work. Right, it's a job. It's a profession. You have mm -hmm. to put your time in. You have to, um, you know, you have to get disappointed. You, you know, clients you thought were going to be coming and then they don't. And, and then the flip side, there's clients that you didn't think were going to come end up, you know, wanting to work with you. So it's a, uh, yeah, yeah, beautiful. Well, so that brings me really to like last last proper question to you, which is. Um, why coaching for you then? What's what's like the purpose? What, what What is it about for you? What's coaching about for me? Um, it goes back to that thing, Phil, that we talked about at the beginning for me, where when you can get with somebody, when you can see something for somebody else that sometimes they don't even see for themselves. Like I'll go back to that one example in my retail client. Um, I could tell when she came in and even though she was already successful um, and she was making tons of money and everything was groovy, she wanted more. And I could see that in her. I could see her magnificence even though she couldn't see it. So the ability to be able to to hold that space for people and then coaching in a nutshell for me is about creating a future. It's about creating a future and having that client step into it. So there's a ton of action involved, but leaving behind the default future or how they already thought that they were um, and opening up that future and watching them step into it. Just, you know, again, I can't believe I get paid to do what I do. <laughs> just love it. Wonderful. Well, I want to thank you. It's 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 just been, you know, it's, it's well exceeded any expectations that I had. Um, you know, it's, it's just been brilliant talking to you. It's everything I, I hoped it would be and more. So thank you very much, Kevin. Where, You're welcome. It's a ton yeah, of fun for me yeah, too. I enjoyed it. Yeah, beautiful. Where, where um, if people do want to find out more about you, where can they make contact with you? Uh, easiest way, just go to the website, uh, which is waldronleadership.com. Cool. Okay. So that's Waldron, W-A-L-D-R. We'll start again. W-A-L-D-R-O-N, leadership.com. I won't explain how to spell leadership. If you can't spell leadership, you probably you should, be should listening to another podcast, perhaps. Okay, my friend, beautiful to talk with you. Thank you very much. All right, Phil. Love you, Mark. Thank you. Love you. Well, what a wonderful, wonderful conversation that was with Kevin. He did say after we'd finished recording that for businesses... Um, of less than two million, he does have a sliding scale of fees. You know, I loved um, Kevin's openness. As I said at the start of the conversation, he's very straight talking. He has this wonderful clarity about who he is and what he does. Um, really enjoyed that conversation with him. I got a lot from it personally. I hope you found it useful too. Um, so thank you very much for listening to uh, our first episode of the Coaching Life podcast. Um, if you'd enjoyed it, um, I'm sure you'll enjoy the others I have lined up. I have some wonderful guests lined up over the coming weeks. 
I would love it if you headed on over to iTunes and left an honest review. That will help other people become aware of this podcast and help other coaches benefit from these wonderful conversations. Thank you once again for listening. Catch you later.